We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Countdown to kickoff. Glad to have you with us. The gang is all here. It's the first time the three of us have all been together in a long time with uh, Vince D'Addario and Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. The other two guys just uh, kind of wrapping up their work duties for the day and, you know, feeling that I'm in Washington, D.C. Actually, I went and did a little trip of the monuments. Today. Oh, When's the last time you've been to the monuments? Because they have changed a little bit. It's been like 14 years, I think. Wow. What no, I was so calculating since MLK we did a wasn't there. Here. MLK wasn't there when you were there, right? You know what? I don't think I saw MLK today. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mentioned it. Yeah. I just kind of did, you know, I did the Washington Monument. I'm we're our hotel is about a mile from the Washington Monument. Oh, wow. So I, I the team was out doing other things today. So I walked there. And then did, you know, like World War II. Nice. Walked by Korea, down to the Lincoln Memorial, and then uh, Vietnam yep. uh, Memorial on the other side. Yeah, and then just kind of came back around. Where is where is MLK? Ooh, you know? I'm not 100% sure on that one. It was there when I chaperoned the old eighth grade DC trip uh, okay. a, few, a few years back. So I would say it's probably five, six, seven years ago, maybe even now. Um, so, and it was like almost brand new then. So my guess okay. is it was built between the time you were there and time you came back. It's pretty cool. It's, it's got like MLK, like coming out of like the granite, like he's like walking out of it and it's this massive deal. So it's, it's I don't remember pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Unfortunate. Well, I won't be able to hit it because it's getting yeah. dark now. Sorry. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say the monuments at night are pretty, pretty cool now, depending on which mile Away when when we came in last night, we drove by okay. the monuments, and it did it did look cool, and it's you know all lit yeah. up and all that kind of yep. stuff. But anyway, I digress. We're all in three different states. That's yes. the deal here. Yes, and um, we're getting ready for some football. It is Senior Day, believe it or it not. Is. Notre Dame and Wake Forest 
this weekend. Is it is it just me or is this like one of the fastest football seasons you guys can remember? Did it just fly by us? I feel like ever since the Ohio State game, the season has went by really fast. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's a matter of I've been bouncing around a lot during this season. It feels like I've been all over the place the last few weeks. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, I just feel like ever since the Ohio State game, this season has been on the accelerator. Yeah, I think uh, I think having a dog in the fight on Friday nights makes the whole fall season go a little bit faster. You know what I mean? Like it, it was very similar to when you and I were doing games and it was like, okay, after work on Friday, we go game. And then the next day we go game. And then, you know, uh, it all kind of flies by. And now I've got that with my kid. And so if, I mean, this season has just gone super fast because For high sure. school football, of course, starts, you know, in the middle of August mm-hmm. and I just got done. And, you know, then you get Notre Dame and it's just like crazy, crazy, just amount of time. And it's like, it's Friday night and I don't know what to do with myself. And so I'm going to go to a girl's basketball game. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I got to do something. I can't just sit around and that's not going to work. So, well, that of course makes it even more interesting once basketball starts up, because as oh, yeah. we sit here talking right now, the Notre Dame men are playing, the Notre Dame women are playing again this weekend. And I've been all over the world. <laughs> yeah, you have. That's why it's gone time. fast for you, man. Like yeah. you've been, you had a trip of a lifetime. You guys, yeah, there. you guys did a show last time when Notre Dame was playing Clemson, and I was over there in uh, in Paris, and it was what like six o'clock at night when I was trying to watch. I guess I saw most of the seven, the the second half, so it was like okay. seven seven thirty at night by the time I was able to to watch. But it, it to me, it has like eight straight games. Definitely yeah, yeah. is a grind, but at the same time, it's like man, where's it gone? It's it's almost over at this point but you know they did lose last time to clemson and you know that that shot any chance of a new year's six bowl so you know like big picture stuff is out the rank 19th in the college football playoff rankings coming into this game so two games left wake forest stanford is there anything that can happen these last two games that can make you guys feel good about this season no (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be real, real flat and plain about it. I mean, look, there's always things as a coach that you can take and you can be positive about. And, you know, there's things that you can do. And, and really, at the end of the day, for me, they need to get to 10 wins. If they can get to 10 wins, you can spin this season as a step in the right direction. It's not mm-hmm. a big step. It's not as big of a step as we all wanted coming into the season, obviously. I don't think... You know, I don't I just I don't think you're gonna learn anything about the team. I don't think you're gonna learn anything about, you know, Marcus Freeman, his staff, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. At this point, you're you're 10 games in going into number eleven. You kind of are who you are. I mean, I hate to steal a phrase from Charlie Weiss, but you know, you are who you yeah. are yeah. at this point. And I again, as a coach, you can take some small things away and you can build on things and you can do all of that this team has to win 10 games for this to be anywhere close to a salvageable season. And the only way to do that is to win their next three. And that starts today, you know, Saturday against uh, Wake Forest. So, right. You know, I just, I'm going to feel very similar to the way I feel right now, two games from now, if they go undefeated, I'll feel very, so the only difference will be, I'll be excited to go to Tampa, Florida. That's it. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame has just two games left in the regular season, and this weekend is the home finale against Wake Forest. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to either game or to your favorite concert or comedy club, Game Time is the place for you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Big picture. I don't think there's much that can be done to make me feel good about the rest of the season. Uh, on a smaller level, I think that it, it'll be a good opportunity uh, this week, especially on the offensive line, to maybe figure out a couple things. Um, and just continuing to work in a lot of these young freshmen on the offense. That's like what really is kind of what I'm most excited for, trying to look forward to the most for next season is a lot of these wide receivers and running backs and you know younger tight ends are now getting into the fold on offense. And I think just any amount of experience that you can get going into next season with, you know, the, the quarterback transition is a huge plus. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm putting my, my cap in on, on, in terms of what I want to see or what's going to make me feel better about the rest of this season. Yeah. Good points. I mean, we're going to get to see Billy Shrouth. We, it's sounding like we're going to get to see Ashton Craig's and right. we'll talk about that, you know, a little bit more in a little bit. So we'll, we'll kind of get to gauge maybe a little bit of Notre Dame's future from that perspective but there aren't a whole lot of like you know I know a lot of people want to see Steve Angeli and all that kind of stuff I I just I really don't think that's going to happen unless you know these games turn into a couple of blowout situations based on the way they've played things before you know and if they do then then maybe we get to see him that's 
that's fine. It's whatever. But I agree with what Vince was saying. Really, the only the only thing that's kind of left out there is you win these two games and you win a bowl game and you get to double digit wins. That's that's the biggest thing. Now, these two games do need to look clean and they do sure. need to look if if I mean, quite honestly, these are two bad teams. Wake Forest a little bit better at least defensively than Stanford, but they're still they're they're two bad teams. They've got a combined what six wins between them or something like right. that right now. So these need to, from an offensive standpoint, they need to look a lot better. We need to, we need to come out of this season at least feeling like, like there's something good that can be salvaged from the Sam Hartman experience, from the you know Jared Parker first season as an offensive coordinator experience. So that to me is kind of it. We know what the defense is. The schedule, you know, the only thing, the only thing defensible, like, you know, we can say for this offense, and I'm not using this as an excuse, but the defenses that they played were better during this stretch. We're we're out of that stretch right now. These are two defenses that this offense needs to to be demonstratively better against Wake sure. Forest and Stanford here in these next I mean, two games. The only like everybody's calling to see Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, whatever, right? The only thing that can come of either one of those guys playing, doesn't matter who it is, is an overreaction to one side or the other. Yeah. Like either he's the guy we should have been starting all along. That's or, exactly as soon as you said that. That's the first thing that, you know, if it he's goes well. garbage. There's a reason he yeah. wasn't playing. Like, there's not going to be anything down the middle right. where, guys, it, he's not, this isn't the year that either one of them should have started. And so whatever you see over the next two games from either one of these guys is just, it's reps. It's just reps. You, that, that's the only thing you can take away. You can't make any kind of judgments positively, negatively. Like it's just they're just reps because these kids are going to be a thousand times different between now, November seventeenth, November eighteenth, and August thirty first when they go down uh, to Texas A and M. Like there's going to be so much growth, so much physical growth, so much mental growth. Like name the position quarterback or otherwise, if you see them in the last two games, you can't make the kind of judgments that people are going to be making about those players based on what they're going to be next year. Oh, but they will. Oh, and that's <laughs> what keeps them, us employed. Will. There's no doubt about it. It's just like, guys, just just relax and enjoy the ride, man. Just And I realize not anybody's going to be happy and all of those things. I get it. But, man, I just I'll tell you what, jump off a ledge. If you're listening, watching, whatever, you can be unhappy all you want as long sure. as you share, you know, commiserate with us right here. Just join <laughs> us all off season, these podcasts. That's be unhappy all you want. Come, come, you know, share your venom right here. <laughs> Let it out. That's all you got to do. Right. Quarterback's the position that you never win at. Everyone always thinks that the next guy is always better. Mm -hmm. um and also like vin said once they get out there it's 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 a it's a lose-lose it's like a catch-all like it's either yeah. why haven't we been playing this guy or oh this guy sucked that's that's why we've been playing them the whole season so yep quarterback debates are never fun for that reason and everyone always seems to have the solution except the coaches that are coaching the players I, the only argument i would give you is the other position that is like that is kicker you're either the hero or you're the goat there's True. no in between there's no yep. in between 
So, you know, I had to have that talk with my kid the other day. It's like, this is what you signed up for, dude. Like, yeah, you know, our old buddy Reggie Brooks, who doesn't yeah. consider the kickers part of the team. So, well, yeah, he can consider that all he wants, but there's That's plenty right. of game winning kicks out there. So, That's right. I'm dealing with a rear window situation here, by the way, because oh, oh, we're, what you you know, I'm, in a, I'm in a hotel, but across the way, I thought it was another hotel, but turns out it's actually. An apartment building or you know oh. condos or or whatever so the guy across the way just got up and left he was kind of looking at me you know like what are you doing <laughs> over there kind of thing and then he shut his lights off and left so by the way everyone's alive right now no one's you know <laughs> one of the best movies of all time alfred hitchcock's rear window I'm surprised they haven't remade that Oh, it's so good. I know. And it, you could very easily remake it, too, with all yeah. the technology, you know, that we have right now. Yeah. Jesse, have you ever seen the movie? I don't think so. <laughs> well, you need to. It is. I'm just confused of what you could have done to upset that guy. I don't think I upset him. <laughs> it's just that, you know, it's, it's my movie. room is lit. And he's the only guy that I've seen over there. There's the 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 apartment above him. They've actually got their Christmas tree, and that's what tipped it oh, off wow. to me initially. It's about yeah. it's not a hotel; it's an apartment. Sure. They've got a Christmas tree already lit up wow. over there. Excessive. Yeah. All right. So you may have seen this. What we're going to talk about next, floating around on social media this week. We've talked about the problems with the Irish offense. The three of us haven't talked about, you know, like anything that we're talking about today. So I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on some of this. I think that this is pretty interesting myself. I don't know what, what you guys think because I kind of tease it a little bit. But it's from Jared Parker's media session this week. He took 10 questions from the media. And this question was asked a little bit more than halfway through it. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the question and the answer verbatim okay so you can full context here because it's the snippet in the middle that you know that has been floating around out there on social media i find it even more interesting when you look at the question was asked and how he got to the answer to me so here's the question was it an impossible task to get the chemistry between sam hartman and the receivers where you need it to be based on the youth and the injuries that makes it tough on a quarterback, I would imagine. So that's the question. Here's Good question. Jared, yeah. So here's Jared Parker's answer. Quote, it's fair to him. It is. It's hard. With that being said, we all know society don't give a bleep. But there's some realities to it. I swear if you all would have looked at it in a man game because I did. I try to keep up with Katie Lonergan and make sure of what you guys, because I respect your all's job piece of it and questions. You lose play actions when it becomes pieces of a man game. That's what that game was. So there's no eye conflict. If I'm guarding Pete, I'm guarding Pete. So what's happening in action throws? They don't care. We lost that some when you do that in a man game. In a zone game where you're able to find some windows and there's a little bit more room for windows to sit in air in some ways, in a man game, precision, accuracy, route depth, ball location, all those things are critical. You saw some 
pluses of that when we did it coming out of the second half and got through those things. Then you saw a good D coordinator check some stuff and go middle of the field, close zone two. He played the game of chess on us. It's there. I'm going to be honest with you. But at the same time, we're pushing like hell to make sure we meet the mark so we can be there, end quote. I tell you what, Jared Parker, you know, because he's got like that Southern twang and he talks yeah. with, you know, like the colloquial and like you should try transcribing some of his stuff sometimes. <laughs> but it's, it's like even harder to read is like you just yeah. you know, kind of heard me say, you know, it's like because it's it's very, you know, you know, but so again, there it is. There are multiple things there. And first of all, Jared Parker has Notre Dame's, you know, that's the Katie Lonergan. She's their their media relations, the football media relations person. Jared Parker has Notre Dame's media relations tell him what the media is talking about. So what do you guys think about that? I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, that I think it's actually a better thing because he's prepared um, and he, he is ready to talk about relevant conversations that I think that the media and the fan base are most curious about. And so if he's prepared for those, that's fine because he's actually going to give a better um, answer and not just kind of, you know, talking off the rip, essentially. So I don't mind that because of being prepared. No, that's true. And that's that's obviously the reason yep. for doing it. But at the same time, it's like, how many coaches do you hear say, you know, I don't pay attention to the media. They're full of crap. They're full of crap. That's right. They're, like, they're lying you know, Marcus you. Freeman at his press conference today, had a, or not today, but earlier this week, he had yep. obviously prepared for a few things. So it's, it's obvious yeah. that at the very least, you know, they're getting feedback. Well, on we know. What's being Maybe said. the bye week helped in that. Cause they had more time to, to prepare for this type of suit. Cause I mean, obviously without a bye week you're just rolling into the next opponent. You're kind of putting yeah. everything in the rear of your mirror. We know that Notre Dame, whoever you want to put under that category, I'll just say Notre Dame reads what's out there. They read, they listen, it's all out there. We know this is a fact. So it doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. And I, I agree with Jess that, that you know, part of that is so that they can be prepared for, you know, what might be coming as a question or, or whatever. And, you know, there, there's also opportunities to talk to certain media members about what they're writing. And, and not, not in a disparaging way, but just like, a, hey, why don't we talk about this? And then you can get, my, you know my perspective right. on it, you know, that kind of a thing, just so that there isn't a bunch of false narratives out right. there. I do know that that happens too, right? And so the only way to know that you're correcting a false narrative or to re is, is reaching out and or reading and listening to what is being said. No, very true. And I have no problem with that. I think that's... No, I'm not I'm fine. not saying I have a problem. Oh, I know you don't. I know you're not. It's like, you know, they'll typically stand up there and tell you that they don't exactly see that's anything and i actually appreciate the fact that he's being honest like i i mean because since i have been following notre dame football from a media standpoint the coaches know exactly what's going on out in the right. media and this you know is one I mean? of the few times but like, this is one of the few times you'll ever hear somebody say it publicly like exactly. you very rarely hear them come forth exactly. with that and again it's not like he was being asked about that he volunteered it you know which, which is he it's just very rare it's just very rare that you it's see like that. he it's it's funny because he volunteered almost everything that he said and none of oh. it had anything to do with the question that was asked and that's that's kind of what i'm leading to with yeah. this is because he was not being asked anything specifically about you know the clemson game plan and he launched into the stuff about 
why couldn't he use play action? He was definitely not asked about play action. None of the questions that he was asked were about right. why aren't you using play action more? Now, it came up a couple weeks ago, and he said, of course we want to get to that, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But he uses the fact that Clemson was playing man-to-man defense as a reason for not using play action. And now, Vaughn been around football for a long time. Vince coached for a long time. Offensive coordinator, Jesse Played his whole career. You know, it's been a long time since I played. But, you know, Jesse played de- you know, defense. It was his primary position, middle linebacker, his whole career, um, you know, through college. So have you guys ever heard of man-to-man defense affecting whether or not play action passes are effective? Uh, the short answer, again, is no. Uh, <laughs> I have never heard that before. Now, I think he didn't. In my opinion, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to I'm be the guy the glasses half full guy here, okay? Uh, but I think that what he was trying to say is more like outside receivers, right? Like like defensive backs aren't paying attention to what's happening necessarily in the backfield, like specifically the corners, like because when you're playing man, you've got your back to the quarterback, you're following the guy around. That part. I believe that's what he was trying to say. Now, that has nothing to do with linebackers. That has nothing to do with safeties. Like, yeah, that's, that's I mean, the, the whole purpose of a play action pass is to, at a minimum, freeze the safety and Correct. the linebacker, if not get them to bite up Correct. a few steps to get them out of position so 100%. you have better advantages on the back end or in the middle, 100%. wherever it happens to be, whether yep. it's Absolutely. man-to-man or zone or, or whatever it happens right. to be. So, so I, don't, I don't think he explained himself very well. It's yeah. my personal opinion. I, I just don't. That was a very poor explanation of what he was trying to get across. I have never heard, you know, that kind of thing before of, hey, we're I know there's certain things you can accomplish compared to man versus zone, zone obviously. Um, but I've never heard it, you know, kind of negate um, any sort of play action, you know, type plays. And I actually have a cool graphic that I would like to Ooh, pull up. That do you now? Yeah, that are I was bringing. Are you bringing surprise whiteboard on? No, <laughs> it kind of. I found. Um, I have to give some credit out here. I was on. I'm always looking at you know Twitter and stuff, and there was uh, this kind of graphic that was published from um, data came from ESPN stats, and it was from 2019, so it could be um, a little bit outdated. But I just thought it was cool to kind of bring up for this discussion. So I'll bring it up and kind of talk through it here a little bit. And we can kind of talk about what I'm seeing. So let me know if you can see my screen, first of all. Um, Well, the answer was yes, but it was us. But it's us. Yeah, we're seeing ourselves. (laughs) Oh, hang on one second. I know how to fix this. Okay. I'm glad you do. There's... (laughs) I had to turn on another screen. It doesn't like when I'm Uh, presenting on the same screen that I'm also broadcasting from. So slight delay, but we're almost there. Um, Okay. Tell me if you can see this now. Okay. This looks better. Yep. Okay. You might want to blow that up a little bit. Um, Okay. I'll try my best. Well, I guess we'll start down here 
with zone. So this is data that's compiled about depth of targets along the x-axis and completion percentage along the y-axis. This come this data comes from 2019. So again, it might be a little bit old, but I, I would assume that the trends would probably still hold somewhat true. Um, and so they're saying at you know a depth of 10 yards per target. Um, that man, and, and that's the thing. This top curb uh, is play action passes. This kind of teal looking curve. Don't even I try mean, to explain the graph. Just explain to us what it's saying. Don't don't even worry. Um, what it's saying is that a depth you got to remember a lot of people aren't going to be able to see the graph, so it means nothing true. to them. And graphs mean nothing to me either. Like I never understand these. <laughs> like just. Just do this. Pretend you're talking to Homer Simpson. Dumb it down as much as possible. And I'm talking about for Vince and I. I'm not talking about our, our listeners, but you know, mostly me. So depth of target on a play action pass at 10 yards usually yields a just south of 75% completion percentage. If you look at man coverage, same sort of play action, same depth, 10 yards, you can see that percentage drops. So around instead of probably being at like 70 percent, you're looking at more so I would say like 65 percent. So there's about okay. a five percent decrease in play action passes man versus zone. And it five okay. percent decrease that favors zone. And that's at a depth of 10 yards target at a depth of 20 yards target um, in zone. You have about I would say about a 55 percent chance of completion. Um, and then at a 20 yard target in, in a uh, man concept using play action, you have just about, again, about a 55 percent completion. And so um, this curve, these curves essentially are showing, you know, at, at certain at various depths of target intervals, what the completion percentage is man versus zone. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just kind of showing that it's there's there's really no difference between the two well i was going to um, say when you when you go 20 yards which is you know again when you're talking about getting the safety involved you know affecting the safety with with, with play action when you're talking 20 yards obviously the farther you go down field the lower the percentage is going to be anyway so if they're both 55 percent, like you said it's there there's no real difference when you're talking about throwing the ball downfield man versus zone using yeah and then at the 10 yard depth per target i like i said it's it you have better chances in zone yes but it's not marginally better we're talking probably like a five percent kind of window that it might be better so long story short what he's saying i just didn't know if i completely agreed with and so i kind of went and researched myself and luckily someone put these nice graphs together that i was able to read and yeah it's just Basically, between man and zone, there's real no difference in play action. You know, a whole like marginal, uh, like you wouldn't be able to find standard deviations between the two. And that's ultimately what I was trying to get at. So I hope my graphics were fun. I hope it was something <laughs> different. So thank you, I agree. Professor. Yes, Professor Jesse, I appreciate everything that you bring to the table. Um, here's the problem Sam Hartman's not good at play action. He completes right. 52%. I mean, is, is this just pass. the real, is this just the real reason that they're not using that, it? You know, that's he can what it say is to man me. to man, you know, whatever. It's just because Sam Hartman is not good at that, it. That's what it yeah. is to me, because there's about yeah. a 10% difference in completion percentage, play action versus regular passes for yeah. Sam Hartman. And it's usually the other direction. Right. And it's not that for him. And so if you're an offensive coordinator, are you going to call more of what he's not good at? Or are you going to call less of what he's not good at? Right. 
I mean, and so and I can I get like, behind that. It, you know, and again, right, they don't they don't right. want to throw Sam Hartman under the bus exactly. and say, "Look, Sam Hartman's not good at play action, right. and so we're not doing play <laughs> right. action." Right. I get that, but like this just made things this that yes. explanation, especially when he wasn't asked about. But I guess he was right. asked about Sam Hartman, and maybe that's what led him to the play action. It's yeah. like it's you know like wanting to say it without saying it, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I guess I feel like that's the way. I feel like that's where things are. And he just gave a really poor explanation, you know, trying yeah. not to say, hey, our quarterback's just not good at play action. That's just where we are. And so stop asking for play action it because just, we're not going to run it. It just seems weird because, you know, I, I, I get he was in a system where you don't do that, the slow mesh and all. And, we're you know, we're going to see it this weekend when, oh, you know, so in. Bad. Yeah, I know. But um, <clears throat> it just seems like such a basic part sure. of football, a play action pass that. I don't know. Maybe it's, I think Jesse and I, or was it Jesse and I or Vince and I talked like, we're, you know, again, you know, you do it right. You're turning your back to the defense and then you kind right. of have to like refine the defense. And, right. and, and maybe it's, maybe that's what it is. Just the, the eye action is, is just too much for him, you know, but again, like if he wants to be a pro quarterback, that's right. That's something that, that you're going to have to be better at, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. So at the yeah. very least, this was a learning experience for him this season. But but that part of it, and it's 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 just so frustrating watching this offense because when you are such a good running football team and you've got someone like Andrick Estime and you're not able to capitalize on something like that, it's just it's a, it, it's a big part of the arsenal, I think, that you're taking right. away. And that's yeah. why it keeps coming up, obviously. Well, and he does need to be better at it because, you know, a pro-style offense, especially yeah. in the NFL, you better be good at play action because that's what's going to get your guys open. I mean, yeah. in, in, unless you've just got really good one-on-one -on -one guys and, you know, obviously the talent level or the talent gap severely decreases once you get to the mm -hmm. NFL. So if he wants to be a successful NFL quarterback, that's a part of his game that's going to have to get better. Yeah, I agree with you, Vince, because, you know, like you talked about, the separate to me it's the separation difference between defensive backs and wide receivers in the NFL because of that talent gap that you just talked about it it shrinks and so does the separation and so offenses in the NFL need more plays like play action because that's just a little bit more of separation or a little bit more of like a you know maybe a six inch window that the quarterback can fit the ball into now and so if you want to be a successful quarterback mastering play action is something you have to do yeah. and it's very obvious that Sam isn't at as good at it, you know, as, as they probably would want him to be because now your run game isn't, isn't as effective. And I feel like you can't, you can't nearly push the ball kind of vertically as much as you would like to. Okay. So here's Marcus Freeman in his Thursday media zoom session. He was asked about so many of his wideouts being more effective out of the slot, you know, as slot receivers, as opposed to as outside receivers. I think that's the the common theme that I've the conversations I've had with all the staff is that because a a individual is maybe suited for a certain position that we have depth that like we have to be creative and and um, find ways to get that person or those person people on a field on the field to to have success like what are their skill sets and how can we utilize them in different positions right and and 
maybe I'm not a tall, long receiver that, that you usually look for on the outside, but they have a skill set that if we feel like they're one of our best, then we got to find a way to get them on the field at the same time, but then ask them to do things that they're suited for. Um, and, and that's to me always the challenge is that you don't have a system that you fit this certain individual into that position. It's okay. Get your best 11. How can I find ways to put them in different positions, uh, shift motion, and, and, and offense and defensively, right? But to get them on the field and create a system or a structure that, that has your best players on the field. And um, I think that's the great challenge in coaching. Uh, going back to my defensive coordinator days, it, I hated to recruit. I, I didn't like the idea of recruiting to just a position. I liked it to recruit to um, talent level and to really adapt uh, whatever I was doing as defense coordinator around that talent level because um, you can't have your, your best players on the sideline because they're three deep at one position. To me, you've got to be creative and to put those guys on the field in and, and realize what their strong suits are and put them in a position to be successful. And um, to me, the best coaches find a way to do that. Okay, so there's Marcus Freeman talking about <clears throat> those wide receivers. You heard what he said. Is that what Notre Dame has been doing offensively? <laughs> uh, they have attempted to do that offensively, but they're terrible at it. That's the problem. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So here, so here's the reality of the situation, right? They're outside receivers. We've got uh, Jaden Greathouse. Well, Jaden Greathouse isn't an outside receiver, but that's where he's been playing the last right. five games, and, and that's, that's why he hasn't caught a ball. Jaden okay? Thomas, Jaden Greathouse, Jordan Faison, and Chris Tyree are the four. Slots. Like those are the four main guys, but they're all slot receivers. That, and that's that, the, was, and that was the point of the question because the outside receivers are all hurt, right? Right, or or ineffective. Okay, and and that's the so Colsey is an outside receiver, hasn't played pretty much all year. Uh, Thomas is an outside receiver, but that hamstring has clearly bothered him most of the year. But Thomas Um, is still better as a slot receiver, which we saw from him last year. Absolutely, and Merriweather obviously has been ineffective for myriad of reasons. He's he's he should be the primary outside guy that's that's helping. They move Jaden Greathouse to the outside, he's not an outside receiver, but here's the problem. The outside receivers aren't being taught how to get off press man. They're not being taught how to, you know, their top ends aren't very good or their routes. Like they're, they're getting open sometimes, but not enough consistently where they're a threat in any way, shape or form. And so, yes, ideally you can move guys around. You can put slot guys outside. You put outside guys in the slot. You can, you know, create mismatches and do all of those things. They're not being coached well enough, in my opinion, to be able to do that. They're just not. And you've got your most talented guys playing slot. And when they're in the slot, they're very effective. But you can't just have slot receivers. Like, it has to be more than that. Right. But you got to coach up those guys if they're going to be moving around. And I just don't think they're being coached up properly. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. 
Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So listening to Marcus Freeman say that, I kind of got a little upset because I felt like it was very hypocritical to what he said in his Monday press conference. His Monday press conferences was like, oh, it's it's not easy enough just to move plays around or, or that kind of thing. But then he's calling for, based on your personnel, you have to be able to adapt to get them the ball. And I just feel like they haven't done that offensively. I feel like they haven't put together – I mean, listen, they've had these injuries. They've had to play a slew of young wide receivers who might not be able to run the best routes. I feel like you have to do more schematically, knowing that in mind, maybe putting guys in trips bunch, maybe putting guys in doubles bunch on each side so there is no slot or outside receiver. And do, you know, like by, I guess there is still a slot or an outside wide receiver, but when you're bunched up in, in trips or, or some sort of, you know, doubles look, I feel like it's easier to mask who's the slot and who's the outside guy. And if you're lining up in the same position, I think it's harder for the defense because one guy can go one way, one guy can go the other way. And I feel like if, you know, when you have guys like Chris Tyree and Faison, and if you're not going to utilize outside guys, just play everyone like a slot and find formation. You know, I, th- I feel like you can do more formation wise getting lined up to help out some of these deficiencies that we've seen so far or lack of production with the outside wide receivers. But all he talks about is staying in, in your base formation. So, you can't ask for change, but also say we need to stick to base formations. The Tyree post-touchdown is an example of what Jess was just talking about because you had three receivers on that side. Tyree and Faison were both inside. Tyree goes post, Faison you know, takes the safety to the outside. Boom, you've got a touchdown pass. It's you know just simple. I mean, you can't obviously do that. You know that that same concept all the time. I'm just using that as a, you know again as an example of what Jess was talking about. You can do different things. You know, and Jesse and I talked about this earlier this week, Vince. You know, Chris Tyree is their best offensive playmaker aside from you know as a receiver specifically. Oh, yeah. But you know, like, he's you. definitely got the best explosive rate. Right, explosive play rate. He only has one game this season where he's got four receptions and that was the loss to Clemson where the offense, you know, like he's averaging 2.3 receptions per game. Like this guy needs to be targeted at least 10 times. He needs 10 targets per game at least. Yep. And like that, that's where they are. Like he's the playmaker and I get it. You know, he's a converted running back and all that different stuff, but he's, 
Hand him the He's, ball in a reverse. Like there's a getting, million different things you could do with you've it. You've got to get the ball in his hands. You've got right. to get the ball in his hands where you're where you're at least intending to get him the ball 10 times per game. Right. And and let the offense run through him. And I, I think if if you do that, then that also potentially opens up things for other guys in the process. Absolutely. You got to get your playmakers the ball and it's even more so in an inept offense at least in the in the from a number standpoint i mean what five or six possessions in the in the clemson game and 40 total yards like get your playmakers the ball it's not mm -hmm. that complicated of a situation because what you're doing is not working right and and jesse's 100 percent correct you can still move guys around you can do different things you can scheme this is college freaking football you can scheme guys open Right. right. It, it doesn't and that's it. Again, like come, coming oh. back to Tyree, like you should be able to scheme him, especially with yes. the speed and the agility and everything else yes. that he has. Yes. hundred percent. You should be able to do that in college. You can do it in high school. You can do it in college. It's right. A lot more complicated in the NFL. I get that because you're dealing with top level but, guys. This is but college. the NFL offenses all have like the, the, the best NFL offenses all have an alpha dog receiver who they are getting the ball to double-digit times sure. per game, and it is Absolutely. driving them, you know? A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and on and on and on. Like, like they, they're they doing it, where, as you said, it should be harder in the NFL, but they're doing it. If they they're can do it at it. that level, college yeah. offenses. Yeah, and the 49ers, it's like they find a way to get the ball to McCaffrey like 50 different ways in the game. Yeah. And they hand the ball off exactly. to him, he catches Debo screens, Samuel. he catches yeah. passes out of the slot. Like, that's what makes Shanahan special – is he has guys he knows their talents and he schemes around that essentially right he's not he's not forcing a scheme on something that's not going to work and that's been a little bit of the frustrating part if you have outside wide receivers who aren't effective then do things more schematically where you're bunching them up so you don't know who the true inside or out wide receiver is until maybe five ten yards after the play is developed so that's that's where my frustration lies a little bit <laughs> all right so it's Notre Dame and Wake Forest Sam Hartman against his old team they're four and six interesting the last meeting between these two teams 2018 i was there Bo were you really yep you were at that game how did you I was end at up that there? game how i was you end up there i'm pretty sure it was at notre dame and it was like uh, no this was at wake forest this was mm, at wake forest i think I you were say. there the probably the year before was the year that. before when book actually made his debut at mm. he made his debut in 2018 well, he made his starting debut in twenty. Starting debut, right? Um, but he goes on to become Notre Dame's all-time winningest quarterback. And in the meantime, a freshman named Sam Hartman is playing in his fourth career game for Wake Forest. And now, here you go. Next time they play, five years <laughs> later, Hartman facing his old team. So, just just some perspective on how long it's been. <laughs> Since Sam Hartman has been playing college football, that was his his fourth career game at that point. Is there an advantage for Wake going up against the quarterback that they had for five years? I think the only thing that you would have advantage, Lee, is you might know weaknesses or or things that you've seen in film that trip up Sam Hartman. Like, you know, if, if you're an offensive coordinator that has or, – or sorry – you would ask the defense, you know, based off of old film, what are some things that we can do to maybe trip up Sam? I think that's the only thing potentially, but I don't really see it as, as an advantage either way because it's just completely different offenses, right? And so Bingo. 
I, I just don't think you can draw a lot of parallels at the end of the day of this is a clear advantage. I just think there might be things you know that trip up Sam. Like, hey, like he he sucks at cover two disguise or when when there's a robber in the middle of the field, we really saw that he struggled. Like that sort of stuff. But in terms of offense to offense, not a lot of I mean, loves. I guess if if the fact that Sam Hartman performed better against Clemson when he was with Wake Forest than he did you know, <laughs> with a better team at Notre Dame, you know, doesn't kind of spell it out for you at this point. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean it's it's I mean the the, the Wake Forest defense was going up against the slow mesh Sam Hartman. I mean Yes, there's a few things that can translate, but it's not much, man. It's really not much. And so I don't think there's really that much of an advantage there at all. And how often, you know, I don't know anything about how Wake Forest does their deal, but like how often were the ones going up against the ones, you know what I mean? In, in full 11 on 11, you know, on a daily basis and, and things of that nature. I just, yeah. I just don't see that there being really, the only advantage would maybe be from a coaching standpoint from like, you know, Dave Clawson knows what he what what Sam Hartman likes to do, or you know, something along those Certain lines. Tendency, but, strength, yeah, and weaknesses. Yeah. yeah, you know, like but that's it, man. And I don't even know how much of an advantage that even is, to be yeah. honest with you. So I, I don't think it, it's it's a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, you've got a whole season in this offense on film at this point. Exactly. Well. So exactly. So the other side of the ball, Wake is going to have a first-time starting quarterback, Michael Kern, in this game. And Kern is only a year younger than Hartman. He was a freshman in 2019 <laughs> when Hartman was a sophomore. It's like they just they just grow fifth- and sixth-year quarterbacks out there <laughs> at, at Wake, apparently. But, um, you know, he came off the bench to relieve Mitch Griffiths in a loss to Virginia Tech earlier this season. He's only played in two games this year. Virginia Tech and NC State. He's played in 15 games in his Wake Forest career, uh, 679 career passing yards, two touchdowns. Here's what Clawson said, quote, I think we need to see what he can do the rest of the year, then make a decision on what we're going to do moving forward at quarterback. We hope he plays really well, albeit <laughs> against a really good defense. This will be a tough week to throw for 400 yards and six touchdowns, but we need him to manage the offense, make good football plays, protect the football. You have to stop going backward before you can go forward, end quote from Dave Clawson. Uh, to me, guys, this is just like it's you're, you're feeding red meat to the Lions. It it, it seems Man. like against with Notre Dame's defense out there against a first-time starter who's played in a handful of games over the last five years. Yeah, this game feels a lot like the last no-name home game, in my opinion. I think it's going to follow the same trajectory of the pit game. I think the defense is going to dominate and do its thing, and it's going to make the offensive, offense's life a little bit easier, uh, or, or not even a little bit. It's going to make their life a lot more easier. And it, it's just, I think, going to take away some of the pressure overall that the offense is, you know, or pressure, criticism that the offense has seen throughout the season is when your defense plays like that, it's easy to have an offensive day. So I think that's a lot, a, a very similar of, of kind of game trajectories of how this one might go. Well, and I, I think, the, you know, even that statement alone by Dave Clawson is, is putting a lot of pressure on this Kearns kid. And I know <laughs> like, you know, well, we're going to see how he plays against one of the best defenses in the country. And, uh -huh. uh, that's what we're going to decide we'll on. Base our decision on the future. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, like, come on, man. Give him, I, I don't know. I just, you're, you're setting this kid up for failure is what you're doing. And uh, I don't, it, you know, yeah. Okay. He's a, he's a fifth year senior and all of that, but you know, he's played in 15 games and, 
you know, not many this year, unfortunately. And so you're, you're, you're setting him up for an, a colossal amount of failure against a defense that is looking to, you know, avenge kind of what happened last week or, or two weeks ago, excuse me, last game uh, and everything that went down against Clemson. And, and, you know, we've seen Senior what this day. defense, we've, yeah, we've seen what this defense can do, man. And this is a under powered offense going up against a very high powered defense and it just spells disaster to me for wake forest it just does yeah i just i I feel like the biggest question is just how hartman sort of deals with everything because it's 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 such a unique situation he's only i didn't realize this until this week he is only the fourth notre dame player ever to play against the team that he played with previously and Javante John Baptiste was the third to do it he did it against Ohio State earlier Louis this Gilman. week Aloe Gilman Aloe Gilman for Navy can you name the fourth guy Jack Cohn never played against Wisconsin I bet you'll never get it I could give you 20 guesses I'd probably <laughs> give you 100 and you guys would never how get far it. back are we talking uh just a few years Amir Carlisle played against oh, USC, USC. Yep. yep 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 those are the only four guys and yeah. you know wow. Sam Hartman's going to be the fourth, you know, so it's senior day and it's Hartman going against his old team. I you feel know, like, how- yeah, that's the biggest thing for, for this, this game is the management of emotions, right? There's, yeah. you, you don't just, you're, you're not in a relationship with someone for five years and go someplace the next year and not have any sort of feelings towards, you know, everything that you established before that he, he spent a, a good chunk of his career there. And then also on the flip side is it is senior day. It is his last official home game. Um, and I think it, it is like it, it, the emotions of, of realizing, you know, your, your career is really coming to an end because of senior day. Like that's <laughs> that's the ultimate, you know, indication. Right. Like it's I feel like that's more so of a talking point. This game is, is Sam Hartman's management of a lot of different emotions that are going to be going on. And, I, you know, he's a six year senior, obviously. I just feel like it'll be a lot of pregame buzz about it. And then once the game starts, it'll be football as nor as usual. You know who knows? Obviously, he didn't. He hasn't I mean, played well at certain places, but yeah, you know, you hope so. he has. You hope so. he has. A lot of these senior day games have started slow. They've done better though the last couple of times. Ninety nine to nothing. The last two senior day scores in Notre Dame's favor. So well, it's going to be more of the same. Things have worked oh. out. Things have worked out. <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. Even though Vince still has not predicted the Notre Dame offense for, I mean, in, in Vince's defense, none of us have. But Vince has been all in on what Notre Dame's offense should do. The last you're not few wrong. Years. It hasn't worked out that way. You're not wrong. <laughs> this offense has let me down, and a lot of other Notre Dame fans. That's right. Let sure. down my FanDuel account as well. It's like I don't know how many times we can go to Sam Hartman's touchdowns.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.